Hello and welcome to Plattress. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing the Bridgerton Netflix series. This is very exciting. One of our errata, not erotica episodes that we do once in a while, not exactly on a schedule or anything, but we thought this is the perfect time to, to have one. So this was released on Christmas Day, 2020. Uh, and we're bringing it to you in early January 2021. So hopefully uh, we are going to be reviewing the series as a whole. And we won't be trying very hard to avoid spoilers, namely because of the overlap with the book, which we've already reviewed. Um, so just a heads up that if you haven't yet watched the series and want to watch it yourself before hearing any opinions or potential spoilers, you should probably wait and listen to this episode after you've watched it. So that said, we have a special guest for you today. So we are actually in an offline book club. So we have our podcast, but we also read other books. We used to have it very consistently every month, but then after COVID, we, we've only met once actually after COVID. Um, but we asked one and of not our- Not in person. Not in person. <laughs> Just to be clear, no one is giving each other COVID. Meg and I have barely seen each other, don't worry. <laughs> So not in person. Um, but what we decided to do for this episode was actually ask one of our fellow book club members, Maria, to join us. So Maria actually founded the book club. She started it, oh my gosh, back in 20... It was a long time ago. Well, something like that. I feel old. <laughs> I know. A really long time ago. And it's, it's morphed, but it, we've really been consistent ever since then. Um, and Maria is not a romance novel reader. Uh, but Lane and I somehow convinced the book club that we didn't want to read a book this month. We wanted to just watch Bridgerton and talk about it. So she watched it. And then we, I was I thought this would be really interesting if we had someone who's totally new to the genre and to the, the book itself to come on and talk about it. Um, so that's because obviously that's our- Meg and I am. Meg and I, and we assume most of our listeners sort of had preconceived notions going into the show as book readers. So we thought it'd be really fun to get the perspective of someone who didn't have a preconceived notion of who all the characters were going in. So exactly. have you ever read a romance novel, Maria? So I've read two in my entire life. One, okay. when I was 11 years old, I found one on my grandma's shelf and I read it when I was sleeping over at her house and it was so so graphic and scandalous. I think it like really shocked me. Um, And then the second one I read like maybe one or two months ago on the recommendation of Meg. um, uh, What's it it called? Is my beautiful enemy. My beautiful enemy. It was and it was really good. So I must say that it really exceeded all my expectations. So, but those are the only two I've ever read in my entire life. So. Have you, you told me that you were thinking about maybe reading The Duke and I, uh, did you, have you started it or did you? I have haven't you- yet, no. So okay. I'm debating whether or not to read this particular romance series because I was kind of surprised by how much I liked the Bridgerton series. I binged it. I watched it in like, I could have watched it in one day, but like my husband wouldn't let me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I like, I just, I just like, it was really, uh, I was, I was surprised by how much I liked it. Um, So I didn't know how much of that was based from like the source material or was it just like really good directing or like the casting decisions or, um, you know, some of the, the choices in, it was, 
clearly a high dollar production. So, you know, that will make anything at least, you know, it's very visually appealing. And um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so I, I didn't know what... That, yeah. The casting decisions added an aesthetic that wasn't necessarily present in the book. Yes. Simon's yeah. real hot, you guys. <laughs> you say that, Lane, but I I think the casting department said we're going to find the hottest men. I, mm-hmm. I really think this is a TV show or a series that was made for the female gaze and not the male gaze. Yeah. And so, I, of course, I think every single person is attractive. I'm not saying there's a single person who's like not attractive on the, on the show. Cause they're all attractive, but I, I don't think they were going for it. This is the hottest person ever when they cast, when they cast Daphne, for example, we, we figured we'd start out with just some quick character overviews because Lane and I had very fixed ideas of how the characters should be portrayed mm. because of the books and because of what we liked and who our favorite characters were and stuff like that. And I thought it would be really interesting to get someone who had no preconceived notions, no ideas about the characters and see what she thought. And so, I do want, yes. like, while, while uh, Maria does this, I think you and I should just one word, do we think they were better on the TV show than they were in the book or worse on the TV show than they were in oh. the book? Let's go through in alphabetical order. <laughs> uh, Anthony. What do you think, Maria? What I, think? What's your word? Okay, my word, can you swear on your podcast? Because my word is asshole. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, do I like him better or worse on the show? I like him better. Way better. Wow, wait, he's worse in the books? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's not that he's like worse in the book. I what I think they did on the show was I think they gave him more character development. Benedict Maria, what'd you think? Oh, I thought he was cool. That's my word. He was pretty cool. Like I would want him to be my brother. Uh, way he better. Was, like way, way better. better. So he's the much worst more one in the books. The worst one. <laughs> biggest problem with Benedict is that his internal conflict is basically just not being the oldest brother in the books Hmm. and sort of feeling like, well, I'm a gentleman, so I can't work, but I'm not the heir, so I don't have a a state to run. And so I'm just going to be a dick to everyone all the time. And I I, maybe I paint on the side, whereas this season laying the groundwork for him to be like an actual bohemian with a more interest in painting, like that's already more character than he had in the book. Exactly. See, that's what that's what I got as a non-reader. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. He's in the enviable position of being yes. the second, which the painter guy who I forgot his name, like points that out of like how mm-hmm. awesome it is to have this kind of wealth and privilege, but not the responsibility. You can mm-hmm. go to these awesome parties. I wanted to go to that party. They were that party. And, and Lady Danvers party. party I'm like, can I get invited to these parties? <laughs> All right. Okay. This is going to hurt. Um, I my word for him would be green. Yeah. Which I think they say that. Maybe even Anthony, who I said I hated, says that. So <laughs> maybe I'm sympathizing with Anthony. Yeah. It just seems like so stupid. Yes, yeah. that's that's how he came off. So I say I like him way worse on that. Same. Oh. My biggest issue with Colin's portrayal in the show is that he was portrayed, just as you say, as being like a little dumb. Yeah, just really stupid. Naive, just, stupid, yeah. like really dumb, not yeah. not understanding emotional, not emotionally intelligent either. Yeah. 
And the thing with Colin in the books is that that's his greatest strength is reading people. Oh, well, he definitely doesn't have that show. Exactly. (laughs) What did you think of Daphne? Okay, well, I think I gave my word earlier, and that was basic. And I'm not trying to be mean. Like, it's it's not an insult. Like, there's nothing wrong with being basic, but that was just what I thought. Maria, just the other day, Lane, I, I was a little confused about what a basic bitch was. And Lane was like, <laughs> Daphne is a basic bitch. And I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> yes, high five, Lane. <laughs> for the record, I have a lot of basic bitch qualities. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, saying it as an insult. That's what... That's exactly what we were saying, at least, well, that's what I was trying to say about a different character who's not a basic bitch, but whatever. (laughs) Anyway, so Lane, I I can't give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Mine is like middle thumbs because it's about the same. I liked her about the same. Her story was better. She was about the same. Yeah, agreed. Well, and we will get into her much later. So let's skip to Eloise. Liked her character a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know, progressive, I guess. Is that, yeah, oh. I mean, I would say progressive. Um, th- I did think they kind of like beat it over your head and like how many times do you have to like say like, I I don't want this life and I want to go to school and I want something else. I'm like, she said it like <laughs> so many times and I'm like, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. So, yeah. I mean, I think they could have been a little more subtle there. Um, yeah. I-, I thought it was interesting too. They kept like saying like, she's so smart, she's so smart. And I like didn't see it as much. Anything about this show was subtle? <laughs> <laughs> okay, touche. Fair enough. Fair, fair okay. enough. Okay. <laughs> so Eloise is about the same for me. I can't give thumbs up or thumbs down. I liked her probably about the same. I liked her character development, but it's not all that different from the books. How about you, Lane? I liked her... <sighs> It's hard because, like, I liked her more than I did in The Duke and I because she's barely she's in The Duke there, and I as yeah. a book. She's, much, like, she's younger. She's barely there. But in terms of overall series as a whole, I agree. She's very consistently characterized. As a watcher, I'm excited to see where she goes. Like, does she does she get a little bit of freedom? Like, Okay. Uh, Francesca. I didn't know she existed. So, mi- Perfect. Okay. Perfect. missing? Missing girl? <laughs> because I think, like, I br- I think I texted Meg when I was in the middle of the series, and I'm like, someone said they have eight kids, but I only counted seven. So, Gregory and Hyacinth. Um, I don't know. Cute? They were, like, the cute kids. They were <laughs> yeah. adorable. They did their, their part of convincing Simon that kids are awesome. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, that was their role. <laughs> um, I did think it was cute, though, how their family was like, you know, we like we like each other, you know, and we know it's not traditional. But like, yeah, the kids can eat at the dinner table. Like, sure, they're going to be like a little bit bratty and throw stuff at it, peas at each other or whatever. But it's, you know, they're part of our family. And I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. And these are the same. I can't say I like them better or worse because they're kids. Yeah, Francesca, Gregory, and Hyacinth are so young and barely there in this that, like, no point. Yeah. All right. <sighs> All right, let's 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 get into some of the other major characters. All right, uh, Violet. Wait, Violet? Which one is Lady Lady Bridgerton. Oh, the mom. I loved her. Oh, I don't know. Is, like, strong a good word? I thought she was strong. Like, I thought, I mean, huh. she, like, her husband died, and I thought... I mean, she was the leader of her family. She had these kids that she 
I thought she did a really good job, and especially for the time period of like letting them be their own person, but also giving them, you know, motherly guidance. And um, I was kind of like annoyed at Daphne for like getting mad at her mom. And I'm like, your mom is awesome. I'm like, don't be so mad at her. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know. I I I like Violet. One thing. Yes, I was gonna say oh. slightly less. Okay. But because of this one, the one thing. What's the one thing? So the scene where Daphne momentarily is considering marrying Nigel Burbrook to essentially fall on her sword to save her family. Mm-hmm. And Violet basically agrees that that's what she has to do and only changes her mind and finds after a way out of it after the queen tells her. Yeah. Okay. What did you think of Simon? Oh, red flags, red flags, <laughs> so many red flags. Um, so two words, flags, three right? words, hot and red flags. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I like Simon better on the show than I did in the book. I agree. I like him better on the show. Worse in the book? How is that possible? I mean, tell me about what you think of Nigel Burbrook. I, like sn- sniveling? Is that a good word? Oh, that's yes. a good word. Yeah. Okay. Definitely sniveling. Like he... I was a little confused with that plot point. Like, to me, I thought, like, he said, she said wouldn't play out, especially when you had, like, the prince being interested in her. Um, so I was kind of confused about that whole, like, oh, no, you have to save him for the family honor when, like, nothing happened. Right. Yeah. So that, yeah. So sniveling. Um, yeah, I didn't. I mean, he just was, like, ugh. So Nigel is present in the book Mm. and up until she punches him, things happen basically the same way. Okay. In the book, it's actually played off. So in, in our episode about it, I call it rape culture 101 Mm -hmm. because she plays it off as she's like, Oh, I didn't tell him no strongly enough. I feel so bad. And she like mm. feels guilty that she punched him. And Simon is all he Simon never said so he says this in the show. And when he says it in the show, I was like so happy. Because Simon in the show, Simon's like, you did nothing wrong. Yeah. He's an asshole. But in the book, Simon is like, well you punched him. That was pretty cool. You know? <laughs> oh, and, but he actually she doesn't feeling bad. Oh, okay. Simon is like, wow, she's so generous. Because she felt bad for punching Nigel because Nigel was trying to. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like totally played for laughs. And then he gets paired off with somebody else in the books, not a Bridgerton, but like it's sort of treated as this like super forgivable, not a big deal thing. Oh, he doesn't. They don't find out about the whole like kid in the, but the maid in the country. No. Okay. I kind of thought that was fun. I, I actually really liked that. Not that he had a child, but, but I love that, like, okay, what power do women have at the time? And, like, we're going to use the power of our gossip networks, and we're going to find this out. And, like, I loved how they played that out and how, like, the mom was like, Anthony, you deal with stuff in your own way. I'm going to deal with stuff in my way, and here's how we're going to figure this out. And I I don't know. I really – I like that. Exactly. I, I actually, in general, just so much prefer the way Burbrook played out in the show over the book. I had major issues with it in the book. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, they really pre- played him off as like this creepy dude. And then you feel like you got his comeuppance when yeah. it's like it was revealed. Okay. I thought it went a little too far in the show. I wanted them to end it earlier. Okay. Um, Penelope. Oh, awesome. 
I really liked her. Okay, I liked her a lot. The only thing I, you know, I, I was like half surprised when they revealed her as Lady Whistledown. Um, the only thing that I, I mean, she was sweet, kind, smart, funny. Um, the only thing that I didn't like was the her and Colin. Penelope is worse on the show. Much, yes, agreed. Worse on the show. Took some of her best lines and gave them to Eloise, mm. which I, I don't care if you want, if they should have similar character traits because they are best friends and they do have the same outlook on life, similar outlook on life. But why take, and, and not only that, I feel like it has more resonance for Penelope because she says these things to the man that she is in love with which makes it even more important, not to her brother, you know? Yeah, like, I oh, remember I... stuff Eloise says to Benedict about women's place and women, why Lady Whistledown isn't respected as a writer, even though she's more talented as a writer, are things Penelope says in defense of herself. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm. Or, you know, Benedict's like, oh, boo-hoo, I can't do anything with my life. That Colin yeah. says that. Penelope's like, uh, you bitch. She's like, you can do whatever okay. you want with your life. You're a man. You're a man. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Lady D, Lady Danbury. Oh, she was my favorite. The opposite I, of basic. <laughs> I, I love I love Lady Danbury. I have to say I like her better in the books, but only slightly. Okay. Because she's such a good character. Yeah, and I talked to you about this earlier, Meg, but when I watched the show, I actually assumed that the black characters were written in and that there was racial diversity and and uh, you said in the book that that wasn't the case. And so mm-hmm. I thought for me, I love that you have the queen who's mixed race. You have Lady Danbury, you have Simon. So I thought that made her character to me really. I mean, yes, I kind of gloss over it a little bit in like what episode six, but I thought it mm-hmm. gave them some like interesting motivation and like dimensions to their character. And I, I, I liked, um, I really liked that Lady Danbury was black, and I really liked how that motivated um, her, like, mentoring of Simon, and I think even, like, her place in society, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, how, you know, how she was, like, privately, and how she was publicly. Uh, I don't know. I thought she was an awesome character. I wanted to go to her party. I'm like, how do I score an invite? To her party. Oh my god. That was so yes. fun. And I thought that was so. Was that in the book? No. The party, nope. But I. Lo- it was. Look, add as many parties with Lady D as you want. I will attend them. Okay. All. I just thought that was so clever and so because it's like you always like what's the what is it like marriage is the end and that's your happily ever after and then you're like super boring you never get to do anything fun and then they all you know they always say like show how like oh the men get to do blah 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 and gamble and drink and have prostitutes but I'm like I loved it how they had this awesome party yeah. I was like I want to go to this party please invite me <laughs> absolutely it was really good I I had mixed feelings about the way they handled having some blind casting Mm -hmm. I'm super pro the blind casting and the increase of diversity and using black actors to play some of these roles like absolutely no problems with it but I kind of wish they'd either said nothing and just let it be truly blind casting or spent a little bit more time talking about the social implications because just having the one throwaway line about like well black queen so now black people are accepted I think 
raised more questions than it answered about how society was functioning. Like, I think it either needed to be race blind or really deal with the subject of race. And it tried to split the difference. And I don't think it worked as well. I kind of liked it because for me, I thought maybe I'm like projecting, but like for Simon's story, I thought it gave motivation to like his, his dad. Cause in my mind, I was like, Oh, his father was like, the first black duke or one of the first black dukes you know appointed directly by the queen like he knows the weight of history that could maybe be a motivating factor for his dad and his like you know wanting to you know push hard and like be the best and like you know have this line that could also be simon's reason of like no i'm not i'm pushing back against this and yeah um i mean not I, that that's great. I wish they would have said it for a show that wasn't yeah. subtle ever yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's right. really the route that. they wanted to go, I, I wish they would have said that. And do yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marina. Um oh geez. My feelings on her are super mixed because when she first got there, I'm like, she's awesome, she's super cool. And then she does like a 180. And I'm like, wait, what just happened? How did you go from being like someone so awesome and so cool? Confusing? That's my word, confusing. She was did a confusing you think she character. Was sympathetic? I mean, overall, of course, you have to be sympathetic to someone who is pregnant during this time period, right? Because that would totally suck. Um, but I, I, I just was like so confused by her because it's like I didn't understand her motivations because she was so strong in one way and then another way. And then all of a sudden she just like flips and is like, oh, what am I going to do? And then she aligns herself with Lady Featherington. And I was I was just confu- like she just confused me. That's, I thought she was beautiful. Like her. She oh, was absolutely. super pretty. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, but I just she she confused me. That's that's my biggest issue with her is that her character was not consistent. Yeah, they didn't write her with a consi- with a consistent character. Yeah, either she should have been like grasping from the beginning, like I need to find someone to marry. And when she, so for me, it was it was it was worse. I, I wasn't even she was she wasn't a book character, so I can't I, say it was better or worse. When And so I felt like you, Maria, when she appeared on the screen, I was like, ooh, this is going to be interesting. I'm actually yeah. kind of excited to see her on the page and how they develop her. That was the issue with Marina, is they mm. she was a plot device. She wasn't a character. I see. In my opinion. Yeah. Well, and they which, still which is, used her as a plot device in this show for mm. whatever was happening with Colin and Penelope, but they still, I don't know, it, it was... It didn't, to me, it didn't really fully work. Okay. I kind of liked Lady Featherington a little bit. I mean, like, she was a good, um, I don't know. Like, I thought she, whoever the actress was, did an excellent job. And it, you would tell that she had a lot of fun. Um, I, I agree. I think that actress really chewed up the stage when she was Yeah, on. exactly. She took advantage of every single line they yeah. gave. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting. I would say, though, like, a big difference between the show and the books the books, and Meg's pointed this out several times, Mrs. Featherington is a foil to Violet. Violet is this matchmaking mama, but she wants her kids to all marry happily. Yeah, because she had this happy marriage. And she, yeah. yeah. Whereas Mrs. Featherington is a matchmaking mama who wants all of her children to marry well. Money, titles, all of that. Whereas in the books, I feel like they're foils, but more in terms of circumstance. I see. Like Mrs. Featherington is married to a lecher who she doesn't love, who's gambling the money away, and it's more mm. a commentary on like 
do you judge the person or the circumstances? Yeah. And less just about like the way society mamas operate. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. So, and I thought they had some really, I thought that they had some interesting like development with her. Cause you like, you get this one dimension of her, she's the queen. And then they show like that scene with her and George. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like little tear when that happened. <laughs> uh, the really- only obstacle for my, for my mind, for Daphne in getting with the prince would have been having to move to Bavaria or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when he was like, I think I want to set up permanently in London. I was like, girl. Done. Right? Girl. And he said he wanted to travel, and now Daphne's never going to travel. She lives in the country, and she's going to have, like, 27 kids. So, sorry. Oh, but, yeah, I'm like, are we not going to talk about this, like, clearly priceless piece of jewelry that he gave you that you just No, it was not priceless. Off? It was very expensive. <laughs> yeah, like, crown jewel. <laughs> Young girl. Yeah, I know. I'm like, this was, yeah, that's my question. Where's the necklace? <laughs> um, so, this what about the? Oh, yeah, go no, ahead. go ahead. What about the um Simon's friends, like the boxer? Is that made up? Yeah, totally made up. And what about Sienna? Is she made up? Anthony is consorting with an opera singer in the book, okay. but she has no real character. Yeah, I think she up. has a name, but the name is not Sienna. Sienna. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right, of, like, this can't all end happily ever after, and, yeah, no, so they didn't have, also, like, Simon's boxer friend who, like, throws the match, or that was all, but for his family, and mm-hmm. maybe they had to have it for, like, inner dialogue to, like, get Simon to talk, or, you know, to to say, mm-hmm. like, you're angry with yourself, not at yeah. me, <laughs> yeah. and to have more from, more of the female gaze of, like, all the male boxing scenes. <laughs> Right. Thank you. I think that that was like a big part of it. Of like, we have to show this. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a thing. So, so is it like know. a family thing? Does it come out later or is it just like a well, fun? It'll come out project? later. I don't want to spoil it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to pick up, like, I wondered how subtle it was for somebody who wasn't going in looking mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. I mean, I think they did like kind of zoom in and it is like unusual, especially for like male decoration, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I did notice it, but I don't know if I'm the right person to ask. Okay. So you don't, if you can't think of anything, that's fine. I just thought I'd ask first (laughs) before we get into what we thought. Oh, I mean, specifically literary. I don't know. I thought they had, like... This is something that... that Hold on. Sorry. This is this is something that Lane and I actually point out in our podcast. So we have a... We actually have a section where we review romance novels to talk about what offended us or what was problematic in the book. Um, so I do think that is... Can be a part of romance novels. Okay, and that sorry, being I, said... Oh, no. Right. Go for it. Um, like I said, my escapist thing is, like, murder mysteries. And, like, that's not cool. <laughs> so... Don't uh, murder people. Official yeah, exactly. So, Meg, I was saying that I do think that uh, I don't have a problem with the per se because I think it ma- makes for good entertainment. And it's like it would be super boring to show a healthy relationship like for like a TV series. Like, you know, you need I, I drama. Know. You need fighting. You need that. But I kind of like want them to talk. That's why I'm so upset about <laughs> Colin and Penelope. <laughs> uh, because they had a good, you thought they had a more healthy relationship. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the conflict is she keeps her job a secret, not something toxic between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, okay. the, 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 yes, the conflict in that book is she keeps her job a secret and he is, he is a man who's not as successful as his wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. See, now that's interesting. <laughs> right? It's not toxic. It's not yeah. toxic. It's like yeah. something people have to deal with every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the Bridgerton novels are still very firmly fixed in that. Well, they're older, world. right? Like they're not. They're 20 they years were old. They published in the early, about okay. 20 years old. They're published in the okay. early 2000s. Yeah. So, no. And it makes for great TV, so I'm not judging. <laughs> no, she's talking about when they ran out after dinner because they didn't oh. want to sex at the table in front of the. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what she's talking okay. about. But uh, Maria, we read a book that we loved where they had sex in a mausoleum. That's awesome. <laughs> And then, like, in the – that that was pretty awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's amazing. So, I – so, I don't know. Do you do you agree, Lane? Yeah. I That's what I wrote down. Did, did Can you think of anything else, Lane? Because I know there were several times that we were like, Rose <laughs> novel, but I can't – Oh, I mean, I added it. some. Oh, Already. oh, I can't see them. Tell me. No, I, I'd added the masturbation part. That wasn't there. And some of the stuff in my mind. <laughs> you both added the same thing. That's awesome. Um, okay, so the last thing I think we want to talk about. So, And then in the books, just to, this is a mild, mild spoiler, but I hope you'll appreciate being forewarned. The scene where she finally gets him to come inside of her is unquestionably rape in the books. He is drunk. And she initiates the sex when he is unconscious. Yep. He's drunk. She initiates when he's unconscious. And he says, like, no, get off of me. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. So clearly and she just is, does it. It's handled slightly differently in the TV show. I think it's still unquestionably not good. But we so we wanted to ask you as someone who did not come to it with the background of the romance novel and who, I mean, you had, you knew what the conflict was because we yeah. told you, but we didn't tell you about this. this, this yeah. Specific. Yeah. So what were your thoughts when you saw it? Were you like, she just raped him? Were you like, this is yeah. So this it? is interesting. Cause I feel like I'm going to come across as being like a bad feminist because I've read some like articles afterwards where I was like, Oh geez. Like when I originally watched it, so I didn't think it was healthy, right? But I didn't think anything was healthy. Like Simon lying to her and like not communicating with her. Like to me, it just seemed like they're in a toxic relationship where they're not communicating with each other. And this was, they keep, they're doing things to each other that like, it's not cool. I I didn't bat an eye when I watched it in terms of thinking like this is a rape scene. Mm-hmm. That being said, if I rewatched it or looked at it more with a critical eye, I, I could I could see um, that point of view. Um, and like maybe if I listen to this later, I'm going to be like really embarrassed or in like five years when I'm more enlightened. <laughs> um, like I I didn't because some of the things that I was reading about was like, oh, they you know, why didn't they have a trigger warning or this is really awful or this was really you know, like, just very, like, about how terrible it was, and I'm like, oh, I didn't, I mean, it was clearly consensual up until, like, the point, 
Like, and he was like, he was going to come inside of her. Like he was happy that she was taking control. He was like, Oh, this is fun. You know, like you could see that it was like, okay, like finally, like you can leave because I've been leading the whole time. (laughs) Um, you know, I don't know. And then it was just like, I think it was like that realization, like that he knew that she knew that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. So I didn't feel, I mean, like, yes, that's duplicitous, but like, was he not being duplicitous to her? So, you know, and I am, yeah, I didn't, I I don't know. So, so just being completely honest that that scene did not bother me any more than any of their other scenes where I thought that they were very unhealthy. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. Like, and you, if you guys want to re-listen to our episode on the Duke and I, Mm-hmm. This scene, while I did not think it was okay, I also didn't, it didn't, like, disgust me, or I didn't feel like it was, like, a violent rape or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I felt, I think, similarly to you, that, like, yeah, this is a problem, this is an issue, yeah. I shouldn't have done it, but I also don't know that I was, like, triggered by it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, objectively she was using sex as a weapon in yeah. that scene. She was trying to prove her point and force him into a situation he hadn't agreed to using sex as her mechanism. So like, yeah. there's unquestionably a consent issue. Yeah, exactly. Said, was it a hot sex scene? No. Like clearly you knew going in that she was using him in that moment. And yeah. like, it was not unquestionably fun the way the rest of their scenes had been. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I think Honestly, I found it much less upsetting in the show than the in the book. Oh, I I agree with you. Yeah. Like what she was trying to trick him into was the child part, which is also that that actually is super creepy, not the sex part. Like he would have been full on board with that whole thing if birth control had been invented. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, I I had a conversation with my husband I was like, basically, I was like, this is what happened. Like, what if I did that? What would you do? And he was like, well, we would have to have a very long conversation. Like, (laughs) you know, and I I was like, what do you think? Is it rape? Is it this? And he's like, I don't know. Maybe. It's like, I don't know. (laughs) So like, I don't know. It was just interesting to, to get his perspective on it too. And he was very much like, like, that's not cool, but also I don't think he found it as disturbing as it could have been. Right. Um, Like to me, it just showed the history of like all their red flags together, how they don't talk to each other, how they don't communicate, how Simon was lying to her this whole time. And yeah. So, I mean, she handled it really poorly, but then he handled like the whole dual thing really poorly. And like, which is a dual um, a romance novel trope. So romance novel. <laughs> and yeah. that I was just like it. SMH the whole time. I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> it is so such ridiculous. a romance novel trope. So ridiculous. hates them. I hate uh, them. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm. I usually absolutely hate them. Like 100. percent I, I mean, them. I hated it in this series. So unless okay. you give me like a gender twist, I have had some women have duels, and I'm like, okay, I'm cool with that. Oh, that's fine. Okay. Okay. That would be interesting. Yeah. I was like so over it. Like before it even. I'm like, are you really gonna do this? That just showed like just so much like immaturity. That made me hate Anthony even more. It just yeah. And the whole thing with Simon, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Can I also just say something that I didn't like and I wish they would have done is the whole, like, what makes you happy is getting married and have kids. Maybe I'm saying this because I don't have kids, but I wish what I would have really liked is if when they finally did come to this, their, you know, the the conclusion at the end and they talk, they finally talk. I'm like, thank you for talking to each other. If she was like, you know what? I understand. Like, clearly you're so traumatized by the idea of a family that you would have rather died than get married. (laughs) I mean, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. pretty like something you had like such a traumatic experience that you really would rather die. Um, So, all right, let's talk through this. Let's wait a little bit. Let me give you time. Let's grow. Why don't you hang out with my family and you can see what a healthy family is like. Why don't we hang out with other families instead of him being like, okay, I hung out with your brother and sister for once and I like really like kids and now we have kids and I don't know. I wanted them to enjoy their honeymoon a little bit more because now that the kid's there, they're not going to like be going at it on the stairs anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it was great TV. I mean, I thought the series was so well done. I mean, it was so visually appealing and like on so many levels, like the settings, the costumes, the people, like they just pay such a great attention to detail. Um, I want to end it with one last, oh my God, romance novel scene. When they are dancing and then it starts to rain at their party. <laughs> uh, and Lady Dibbery is like, you should all leave now so that this couple right can have <laughs> relationship. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, well, thank, thank you, you so much so, for joining us, yeah, Maria. Yeah, it was really fun. Thanks for yeah, inviting it, me. It, it was really helpful for us, I think, to get a completely unbiased view. Like, I'm not kidding. It was so helpful to hear this. Yeah. I, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we would love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, and check us out on Instagram at Plotris.